Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today. A show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football a Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Howdy. I am wearing a Christmas shirt, by the way. It's got Santa and it says, don't stop believing. People were like yelling at me. For not having none. It is Christmas. It's just a cold Christmas. I was cold. I couldn't wear a short sleeve shirt. Okay. Just to settle that right off the top. Okay. We're ready to fight today. I like these these battles that you're just waging right from the jump. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Today is Wednesday, December 9th, 2020, 351 days till Thanksgiving. Episode 1082, 1082. This is the Del Unser episode. On today's show, Mi Amigos y Mi Amigas, uh, we are going to have bracket breakdowns for 6A. Class 6A, going region by region, breaking down each of the regions in Class 6A. The big dogs. Uh, bracketology is what we're doing. Uh, and then we've also got This Week in Recruiting with Greg Powers, the next level athlete, as he made his way back into the Greg, Por- Greg Powers Memorial Power Zone. So, so we had him in studio. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do 6A Division 2. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to do This Week in Recruiting. And okay. then we're going to do 6A Division 1. Oh, I like it. Cool beans? Cool beans. Do we first four through the door? We sure do. It was Nicholas Morton, Rob Hathaway, Brent Homan, and Alan Shepard. Welcome in, fellas. All right. Let's get right to it. Uh, the Class 6A playoffs kick off, like, tomorrow, two, 30 Sorry. hours from now? Yeah. Right about 30 hours from now? And so we better get to know these brackets. We're going to break down the Class 6A Division Two bracket, region by region, in Bracketology, here on Texas Football Today. Presented by Dave Campbell's Texas Football Breaking Down 2020 Texas High School Football Playoff Brackets. My name is Greg Tepper, and this bracket's name is 6A Division II. So, we're talking about the largest classification here, but the smaller division of the large classification. And remember, this is the one bracket, this is the one classification, rather, that is not pre-split. It depends on who finishes in what position that that, that determines what teams go to what bracket, right? Based on enrollment. Well... 
a lot of the conversation is going to focus on who's not here. Okay, a lot of the conversation is going to focus on which teams did not get into this bracket. Because, for example, I will just tell you flat out, guaranteed, stone cold locked, we will have a new 6A Division II state champion. That is true because the defending state champs, Austin Westlake, are in the Division I bracket. So a lot to get to. Each region kind of has its own flavor. Let's start in Region 1. Region 1, I think, has a lot to do with quarterbacks and how much you trust them. Okay? Let's talk about Denton Geyer. Eli Stowers is back. He has been great. He's been fantastic. I would say Geyer has been a little bit up and down. Sometimes they play really, really well, and they look like an elite team that's going to win this, run away with this region. And other times, I think they play with their food a little bit, and, and, and they play down to their competition. Coppell's a dangerous first-round matchup with, for them, but I do think that when you got a guy like Eli Stowers and you got the playmakers that they have, they're going to be a threat to win this top half of the, of the bracket. Dallas Jesuits, an interesting squad uh, coming out of District 7. Uh, up here is interesting. I think El Paso, Eastwood, and Abilene is a really underrated first-round matchup. Keep an eye on that. Bottom out of the bracket is where things get really interesting. So let's talk about Flower Mount Marcus, the champions of District 6. And I think that they were, and maybe still are, going to be a real sexy pick to come out of Region 1. A lot has to do with the health of Garrett Nussmeyer, the LSU commit, the quarterback who was apparently injured, uh, injured his hand in the final, in their, their season finale. How healthy is he? Uh, if he doesn't play, Prosper can beat him. Prosper, you want to talk about a team that's been up and down. Prosper at times has looked unbelievable. And it, they, they, they took Allen to the wire at home. And then they, they go and, 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 and they have, they have this bouts of inconsistency. That is a really intriguing first-round matchup that I think is going to shape the rest of the entire bracket. San Angelo Central is a very interesting squad. Another team that's been a bit up and down, but I think they're peaking at the right time. Keeping on Hazlitt Eaton, a new program out of, uh, out of the DFW Metroplex that I think is very interesting. Arlington Bowie, y'all, keep an eye on the volunteers, okay? They have been really sound, really solid all year long. Keep an eye on them. This region's really interesting, and I'm very intrigued to see what happens here. Right with Denton Geyer, if they play to their paper, they are one of the best teams in the state and maybe co-favorite to win the state championship or at least make the state championship game. Uh, but very interesting bracket here. A lot, lot will be determined after this first round of the playoffs. Let's go to Region 2. Region 2, I think you've got two teams that are going to catch everybody's eyes, but there should be three or four. The two teams that are going to catch everybody's eyes are Cedar Hill and Bridgeland. Let's talk about Maximum Bears. Because the Bridgeland Bears are dangerous. Uh, when you're talking about Connor Wigman, their quarterback, Dylan Goffney, and an array of wide receivers that they have out there, their offense is extremely dangerous. I know they are a new program, but keep an eye on them. Potentially dangerous second-round matchup with DeCaney. Keep an eye on Temple. Okay, Temple is a team that I, I, I think that they are, they're too young to know they're not supposed to be this good. This Temple team is really fun to watch. I think that they are growing up in a hurry. That's a team to keep an eye on. Rockwall Heath. Also very explosive. Top half of the bracket here, Cedar Hill, I think, is your favorite to come out of this top half of the bracket. But the team I want to draw your attention to is Tom Ball Memorial. Tom Ball Memorial has been really flying under people's radar. I love this offense. I love the way that they play. I think they're a danger for everybody. For me, I think we're heading towards a Cedar Hill versus Bridgeland regional final, which is probably a coin flip at this point, but a supremely interesting bracket here with a lot of twists and turns along the way and a couple of sleepers like Temple, DeCaney, 
uh, Rockwall Heath, and then the Tomball Memorial that you need to keep an eye on. Also, Naming Forest, keep an eye on them, those boys from out of Garland. Let's go over to Region 3. In Region 3, there is one big boy who is here. There's a big, looming threat, and they're right about here. This general area. If you're seeing them kind of pointing to this part, that's Katie. Okay, Katie, of course, the Tigers, they did drop down to Division II after a few years up at the Division I bracket. I think that they, them going here is huge, huge news and could really shape the entire 6A Division II bracket because I think Katie's probably your favorite to win this region. Now, let's talk about a regional semifinal potentially against Alvin Shadow Creek, okay? The defending 5A Division I state champs have moved up to 6A. It has been some fits and starts but I think they're rounding into forms. And when you have a quarterback like Kyron Jones, they are going to be a threat. That is really interesting. Potentially Katie and Shadow Creek here in the final. Keep an eye on C.E. King. C.E. King is very dangerous as well. Okay, down here at the bottom half of the bracket, I really think that this George Ranch team is flying under people's radar. I think this Clear Falls team is interesting. This is a lot more wide open. This feels like there's two, maybe three teams to keep an eye on here. I mean, it's really anybody's ballgame. I, I think that Beaumont Westbrook, of course, had great pedigree, but they've struggled a little bit of late. I think Houston Straight Jesuit has a history of pulling off big stunners. Uh, just ask uh, Beaumont Westbrook. Uh, this is a really intriguing part of the region. I think all eyes are going to be on Katie in a potential regional semifinal matchup with Alvin Shadow Creek, but Region 3 remains very interesting. Region 4. And this is where Westlake normally would live. They do not live here, and so it is, there's a bit of a vacuum, right? There's a bit of a vacuum, and who is able to step up in those in that in that spot, right? Austin Vandergrift up here is a team I am very intrigued by. Their defense is exceptional. I think they are very well coached. A potential second round matchup with Converse Judson. That right there, that's a second round matchup that, like, just through the luck of the draw, is uh, is incredible. That should be like a regional final type matchup. San Antonio Brennan, I think, is very dangerous as well. Keep an eye on Edinburgh Vela from out of the uh, out of the Rio Grande Valley. And this bottom half, I don't know, man. I mean, take your pick. San Antonio Johnson, first year coach Mark Soto's done an incredible job, but they stumbled down the stretch. That has me a little bit worried. Uh, I really like this Brownsville Hanna team from out of the Rio Grande Valley, and I think they actually got a really decent draw here uh, that could see them in a regional semifinal, potentially against Johnson. Wagner, of course, is a team that has made deep runs in the playoffs in the past years, but they're moving up to 6A, how do they handle it? And a tough first round matchup with Johnson. Keep an eye on Hayes. They run the uh, slot T, and that is a very dangerous offense, especially in the playoffs. Okay, so when you take a look at 6A Division II writ large, a lot of this is going to come down to what you think of, of this, right, with Region 3, because I think that Katie is the the big, the big looming threat in 6A Division 2. But over here, I think you've got intrigue everywhere. A lot of quarterback intrigue here, right? A lot of, just a lot of talent here uh, where you've got the perennial powers like Cedar Hill uh, uh, along with uh, newcomers like Bridgeland that are in the mix. Up here, I think, again, Katie Shadow Creek probably rule the roost here, but there's a lot of, a lot of intriguing teams. And Region 4, again, I mean, Vandergriff and Judson are probably my early favorites, but I think that you can make an argument for Brennan. I think you can make an argument for Edinburgh Vela. I think you can make an argument for San Antonio Johnson if they, if they get hot. Heck, I think you make an argument for Brownsville Hannah. A, a big wide open bracket here in Region 4. And kind of a wide open bracket 
at uh, kind of writ large, when you take a look at, at, at who's not here, right? Uh, we're not talking uh, about uh, uh, Austin Westlake, who I think would have been the favorite to win this bracket. Instead, we're talking about teams that could show up at AT&T Stadium un unexpectedly. And that's a lot of fun. We're going to have fun covering it for you at TexasFootball.com. There it is. 6A Division II Bracketology. Breaking down each of the, of the regions in 6A Division II. That's on our on TexasFootball.com if you missed it. Uh, but yeah, a, a lot of it, I think that, I think that obviously Katie's that big looming giant. Yes. Um, and they are probably the favorite to come out of region three, at least, mm -hmm. um, if not the entire right side of the bracket. But I think that the power nexus, like there's so many teams with so many different questions. There's no like sure things in this bracket. Like the reason you would take Katie, in my opinion, would be that you think they're the sure thing. They're the closest thing to a sure thing. Uh, the closest thing to a uh, a team that ticks a lot of boxes. But I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun. 6A Division Two going to be great. We're at Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe, please. Um, step just tweeted out a couple minutes ago, breaking Wiley East head coach Mike Dormandy has resigned his post after three seasons. Hmm. So there's a little it's breaking step, step bomb. It's step bomb season. It is. It's step bomb season. It's always powers bomb season. Our mountain. <laughs> out, of, out of context, that sounds really weird. Yeah, it does. That's why you say it, because you either know or you don't. <laughs> Greg Powers, the next level athlete, our recruiting analyst. Stop by to break down the latest news and notes from across the recruiting landscape. Here is This Week in Recruiting with Greg Powers here on Texas Football Today. I'm Greg Tepper. That's Greg Powers! And this is This Week in Cruton. It's This Week in Recruiting with in-studio Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete over in the Greg Powers Memorial Power Zone. <laughs> Presented, uh, brought to you by our friends at Next Level Athlete and presented by our good chicken friends at Chicken Express. You can tell it's been a while since you said that. I know. You stumbled a little I'm bit not, on I'm that one. I'm not used to it. <laughs> I'm used to having you on the phone, buddy, but welcome in. Welcome back to the Power Zone. Hey, it's great to be here. The Power Zone is blessed with my presence it, today. It really is. It very much is. Pickle and I were talking about this, and we will get to this week in recruiting in just a moment. But there is, we do need to discuss a great tragedy with you. And a great tragedy is that we're not doing Bob's dinner this year. Oh, Pickle and I were talking about Pickle and I were talking about that the other day, and it's like we both got real sad simultaneously. Yeah, it was it was one of those like you get so caught up in everything you don't think about it until it's like, oh my god, it it, it should have been Tuesday. It's supposed to be like six days from now, from yeah. today. So is it not something that we can, you know, revisit? Possibly. Uh, yeah. So my th I'll just pull back the curtain entirely. My thought is that whenever we get to a point where I think we're a lot more comfortable with where things stand as far as going to restaurants are concerned, mm -hmm. I plan on running it back and just pretending that it's December whatever. Right. right. We're going to do it still, but it's just like it, 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 it's postponed, not canceled. Let's put it that way. Also, a good question to ask is, does Bob's cater? They do. Not hmm. that I've looked into it. Hmm. So this week in recruiting, <laughs> let's get to uh, all of the news and notes from the recruiting world across the state of Texas. We'll start with our prospect 
on the rise. Plural this week. Our prospects on the rise. Uh, we're going to focus on one one guy, but this is a, a bigger topic about the Hot 100, the Dave Campbell's Tech Football Hot yep. 100 at texasfootball.com slash recruiting. You have updated the Hot 100, including a brand new five-star, and it goes to Bryce Foster of Richmond, of, of, of Katie Taylor, rather, the uh, the big offensive guard, the mountain, um, and six new four-stars, including a variety of, of, of linemen, most notably on the defensive side, Hutto defensive end Landon Watson grabs that fourth star and probably a guy. And I think because Hutto has not necessarily because part of it is they don't have Chase Griffin. They haven't maybe been as dominant as they have been in past years, but that's through no fault of, of Landon Watson because he is a superstar that we probably haven't talked enough about this year. Yeah, I agree 100%, and that's why we're going to be rolling his highlights as we kind of talk about the new updated top 100. We just haven't given enough credit. One, to when he made his commitment to TCU, he's probably or he is the top-rated commitment in this TCU class right now. Uh, Chris Murray at Wichita Falls Hershey is also very good, so they got a pair of in-state defensive ends to lead that defense heading into the future for Gary Patterson. Uh, but I love Landon Watson because he is a guy who is a sure tackler. He's one of these guys who arrives at the ball with very bad intentions. When he hits you, you go down right where you're standing. And for his size and um, power, he's very quick to the football. He closes the – especially coming downhill, he closes the distance very quickly and is able to – secure tackles on what I, I always call it the zero angle the zero angle was the spot where the middle area where the ball carry and the defender start at Landon Watson arrives at that zero angle um, more often than not to save the defensive defensive unit critical yardage and that's why Landon Watson is so good you know he's a guy who could probably stand up and rush off the edge could put his hand on the ground and be a true uh, defensive end but he runs really well for a bigger frame defensive player and he's pretty good but Remington Strickland, that dude is a hoss, too. I mean, there's some mm -hmm. offense. We've, we've given a lot of credit to the quarterback in this class. The offensive line group yes. this year mm -hmm. is nasty. I mean, we're adding Bryce Foster as a five-star from Fort Penn, uh, from Katie Taylor. I keep saying Fort Penn. Uh, but then Remington Strickland from Fort Penn. Christian uh, gets a four-star, uh, as does Tate Williams from Wall, the big Baylor commit, uh, gets, gets a four-star as well. It's a really deep uh, offensive line class that uh, has some real talent at the very top, too. It's not just like you got a bunch of guys, like maybe one five-star, one four-star, and a bunch of three-stars. You got legit top-tier talent that's got great depth in this class in 2021. Well, one thing to check out, um, you know, we have an article up on about Bryce Foster becoming the first-ever interior, interior offensive lineman since 2012 to earn five-star status. I think if I – off the top of my head, if I really think hard about this, the last guy to be a five-star that was an interior O-line prospect from Texas was Stephen Good, maybe, from mm. Paris. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's if you look at anybody's rankings, I think he was the last one. He, he of course, signed with Oklahoma. It was in that um, a big year for Oklahoma in the state of Texas. I can't remember exactly what year it was. I'm going to go back to, like, 2005, 2004. Mm -hmm. But three out of the top five five-stars this year in the DCTF Hot 100 are offensive linemen. And Tommy Brockermeyer, Donovan Jackson, and now Bryce Foster, um, which really kind of signifies how good it is, not only throughout the entire scope of the top 100, but cer certainly at the top when you're talking about the elite prospects in state. Well, not to derail the entire conversation, but but one thing that I think is worth talking about, because I'm a recruiting dummy and you and you educate me every week. Fact. Uh, <laughs> uh, being in it strikes me that the reason that we don't have a ton of five-star interior offensive linemen is that 
it's kind of hard to stand out as an interior offensive lineman. Like a tackle, I think it's kind of easier because there's a little bit more space and the dominance really shows out. It seems like to me, if you're a great interior offensive lineman, that just means you're probably not getting noticed. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like you're basically just not missing blocks. But I think we, we saw the Bryce Foster uh, 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 highlights last week. He's just he's such a monster in there that it seems like it it, it he's he kind of breaks that mold of that kind of I don't want to say anonymous but like more so just steady interior offensive line. And I think another um, point to what you're saying or to add on to what you're saying is uh, you know you have twenty four seven sports one service who does their high school prospect ranking rankings solely for the purpose of NFL draft potential, which is a little bit different than what we do here at DCTF. We're looking at the guys who are going to be the top college standouts, and that's kind of a huge difference. Of course, you're going to weigh in to potential NFL draft upside when you're looking at a long-term projection of some of these guys because if they're NFL draft guys, then that certainly puts a lot of spotlight and shine on your college program, and that makes you a great recruit, right? So if Texas is able to sign – and then, a, 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 you know, a number one pick, then everybody notices it, and that helps them on the recruiting trail. But you see a lack of interior offensive linemen usually drafted at the, in the first round. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that you don't see very often. So yeah. offensive tackles have a bit more versatility, and I think that's why um, you see more of them rated highly in, you know, any rankings, whether it's 24-7 sports, rivals, or even sometimes at DCTF. Um, but you're talking about a guy here in Bryce Foster who's a generational type of offensive lineman, a guy who has a chance to be in the Olympics because he's the junior national record holder in the discus in the shot put. He's probably the strongest player I've seen on tape in over 20 years of evaluating high school prospects. So, I mean, you're talking about something that's really special here with Bryce Foster. It's not it's, – it's a um, – certainly something that stands out for him and he's earned it he's a four-year varsity starter and he's been an impact player since the time he stepped on the field for the mustangs no you've got you just gave me a, a, a chore that i'm gonna go look up how many interior offensive linemen have been taking the first round of the nfl draft lately We're, anyway let's move on uh let's move on to our commit of the week our commit of the week we're going to the dfw metroplex to talk about mansfield lakeridge defensive tackle braylon jackson and hey hey SMU's doing more work in the DFW Metroplex. The 91st overall prospect in the Hot 100 uh, has pulled the trigger to the Ponies, and this is a guy who, kind of that tweener frame of 6'3", 265, but you like him as an interior guy. Yeah, I mean, it's such, it's so hard now with some of these guys that are so big and they run so well. You know, Br- Braylon Jackson is a guy, even if you rated him as a strong side defensive end, in a 3-4 scheme, he's really playing more of a defensive tackle position anyway because he's going to be uh, more of a run stopper. So I think that's why you would say he's he's rated as a defensive tackle. But he's one of those kids who you can slide up and down the defensive front and to, pr- to provide mismatches and is quick enough off the ball that he can apply some pressure uh, but is a steady tackler and can sniff out the run consistently and make plays uh, against the run game. It, it's – it's a special class for SMU. I mean, there's no other mm-hmm. way to really say it. They have a really, really good crop of high school players coming in, and they're one of the premier programs in the country um, or the premier destinations for transfer prospects as well. So SMU is really starting to uh, get it going on the national scale, I think, and, and are going to be a factor uh, for a long time. This is a team – in the Dallas area that has a lot to offer, and they've really been behind 
um, the success after football at a degree that SMU offers and the success you can have in the Dallas area with finding a job after college. And I think that that's something that transcends football, and that's helped them a lot on the recruiting trail. Uh, let's just kind of put a fine point on that. And this is according to our friends at 24-7. Um, and, and our rankings will differ from their rankings, so grain of salt and everything. But uh, – uh, Braylon Jackson, who ranked 91st in our Hot 100, and we're awfully, uh, awfully fond of here, around here, he ranks as their eighth highest ranked prospect in the SMU class. Wow. I mean, that's that's heady stuff. When you're talking about not a few years ago, just a few years ago, it would have been great if SMU got one Hot 100 kid or two Hot 100 kids, right? Right. That would be a, that would be a really good year. Now you're talking about guys like. Preston Stone and Dylan Goffney and, and Jalen Samuels and Monte Dawson, who are all legit bona fide studs that 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 SMU's been able to pull. Well, in. here's we've got one, two, three, four. We've got six SMU commits in the top 100. Preston wow. Stone, uh, quarterback, Dallas Parish Episcopal, wide receiver Roderick Daniels, Duncanville, mm-hmm. defensive end Jalen Samuels, uh, Pasadena Rayburn, who was a great find by SMU and is now picking up P5 offers. Now Braylon Jackson, um, Dylan Goffney from Cypress Bridgeland and. Isaiah Nwakobia from Dallas Skyline, a right. hard-hitting safety. And, you know, outside of that, you got Monte Dawson, Stone, Ebby, Brandon Epton, and Jaden Jones, who are all really good players, right. too. So, I mean, it's just it's a, a really good class top to bottom. Great class for SMU. We're talking this week in recruiting with Greg Powers and Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter, G Power Scout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at Next Level D1. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Get to our underclassmen of the week. Our underclassmen of the week, uh, the 6A and 5A playoffs are around. And we're going to be talking a lot about this team, Klein Kane. Klein Kane's into the playoffs, uh, and a lot of a lot of attention gets paid to the running back here. But let's talk about the quarterback, uh, and that's Matthew Golden. Matthew Golden is up to now eleven offers. Grabbed an offer this week from Arkansas. Uh, that is his first SEC offer that I can tell. Um, but he has a couple of other Power Five offers, plus in-state offers like Houston, North Texas, UTSA, uh, etc. Uh, this is a guy in the class of 2022 that is probably going to catch a little bit of fire as we, we go on in his recruiting process. And, and Golden is one of these guys at the wide receiver position who's six one one ninety can get off the football really quickly, um, can make catches down the field, can stretch defenses, but he can also work well underneath. Um, so he's very talented. And, and when you look at his tape from this season – you see a guy who's probably really going to catch attention from everybody. I looked at his list, you know, when we put together the notebook today, and he has three in-state offers from Houston, North Texas, and UTSA. That's not going to stop there. I think he's one of these type of guys who all of the top programs are going to target and come after. And if they don't, then he's going to escape the state and go make huge plays at a P5 school, um, you know, somewhere like – Oklahoma State and be just a freak Big 12 All-American type of player. Uh, he's very consistent. And Jadon Blue gets a lot of the attention there at Klein Kane because he's one of the top-rated running backs in the entire country. But don't sleep on Matthew Golden. I think he's a guy who's really going to rise up the charts as more and more people get a chance to look at him. And 11 offers is nothing to scoff at. I mean, he's already got offers from the Big 10, the Pac-12, the SEC, and the Big 12. So, I mean – four P5 yeah. conferences are already in pursuit. Most certainly. Keep an eye on Matthew Golden, the receiver at Klein Kane. Let's round it all out with our recruit of the week. Our recruit of the week is Garland Lakeview Centennial 2021 running back Kamar Wheaton. Kamar Wheaton uh, is going to announce not on Christmas Eve, but on Christmas Eve Eve. <laughs> Thank you, Kamar. 
We appreciate we appreciate the day. We appreciate you not making your decision on Christmas Eve or Christmas. December twenty third. Uh, that is uh, careening towards us like a freight train. I believe it's two weeks from today. Um, and we are, uh, but uh, he is going to pull the trigger, and he's down to two. The number four prospect in the state of Texas, according to Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and the number one running back is heading to either Alabama or Oklahoma. Uh, this is a guy who didn't have a ton of senior tape because uh, Lakeview Centennial's uh, uh, schedule was cut pretty short because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But Oklahoma, Alabama, poor kids just, you know, just <laughs> I it's, mean, yeah, t- it's tough. Rough it's tough he's going to have there. to settle. <laughs> I guess Oklahoma is the school that I'm keeping a close eye on. You can never count Alabama out when it comes to recruiting, especially running backs. You know, they have a – a strong history there. Uh, Oklahoma's a little bit closer to home, not too far away from Garland uh, for him to play his college ball. Alabama a little bit further away. Um, I think Oklahoma has a pretty good shot for him to play early there. Of course, they signed Seth McGowan in last year's class, but they have done a remarkable job recruiting the state of Texas this year. If, you know, there are two huge commitments in that um, top five pending with Kamar Wheaton and Bryce Foster. Neither have made their decision yet or announced their final decision. Bryce is announcing next Friday, and then you have Kamar announcing the following Wednesday after that. And I think that you could categorize them possibly as OU leans. And if they were to get those two commitments, then they will have secured verbals, well, or now, you know, into next week's signings um, from five of the top rated, top 10 rated prospects in the DCTF Hot 100, which kind of signifies a huge change in the way that they've been recruiting the state of Texas. You know, it's usually much more balanced. You don't really see one school signing that many prospects out of the top ten. So OU's done a remarkable job uh, recruiting the state of Texas, even if they don't um, get these two. Three out of the top ten is a great job in and of itself. Uh, But Kamar is a very special talent. Um, He's the number one rated running back for a reason. You hit the nail on the head when you said we don't have a lot of senior tape to evaluate, but all the other tape that he's had since his freshman year at Lakeview Centennial uh, passes the test, and and that's why he's so highly regarded. Yeah, most certainly. He's a guy who's the complete running back, and he's going to make one program very happy on December 23rd. He's Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete over there in the Greg Powers Memorial Power Zone. Uh, follow him on Twitter at GPowerScout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1C. It's fine work at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. Powers, I think the next time we talk will be, uh, I don't know, we're probably not doing one next week because we don't have a show next Wednesday. Yep, stay. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah, definitely not next week. Yeah, okay, okay Pickle. It's fine. <laughs> Producer's just, you know, making decisions. Well, I will say next Wednesday does kick off state championship coverage here at DCTF, but we also have early signing period coverage beginning next Wednesday so whether you're a fan of recruiting or high school football check the site out on Wednesday there should be tons and tons of content uh, rolling out that you know Wednesday Thursday Friday and next week it's going to be very busy time for all the editorial team here and I'm really excited about all the good stories that we're ready to roll out powers appreciate your time bud there he is Greg powers next level athlete our recruiting analyst find his fine work at texasfootball.com slash recruiting we are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Yeah? 
allow good put a joke in the in the comments i don't know if you remember when you were saying christmas eve eve mm -hmm. um he said it would be christmas adam because adam came before eve <laughs> great work i respect great that work. one great that work. was good it's great work <laughs> Let's go to the big boys. 6A Division One, the largest, uh, largest bracket, the largest classification in the state of Texas. Who's going to win? I don't tell you that. But what I do tell you is break down every every region uh, of the 6A Division One bracket. Here's Bracketology here on Texas Football Today. Bracketology presented by Dave Campbell's Texas Football, breaking down the 2020 Texas high school football Playoff brackets. I'm Greg Tepper, and this is the big boy. This is where the big boys live. It's a 6A Division I, the largest bracket in Texas high school football. And it's the land of giants, right? It's the land of giants. And in a lot of ways, I think every region has at least a favorite or maybe co-favorites. And that's what's interesting, because I think that's different from past years. Part of it is because I think that there's a little bit more of a spread here between the teams at the very, very top and, and kind of that second tier, but also because I think that, that the way that realignment broke down, only in one of the regions are you going to have these like top 10 matchups before we get to like regional semifinals, right? So it's an interesting bracket. I think it's different than past years, but it's going to be a lot of fun and, and potential. I'll say this. There's a lot of chaos potential here. There's a there's a there's one way this can go that it can be super chalky, right? And I can tell you right now who's going to win here, 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 and here, and it's just super chalky. Let's get to the semifinals, right? There is also another universe that exists where this thing goes nuts, and it's not that far off. Those things are very close. Let's start with Region One. In Region One, first things first, let's make note of this. There is a blank here. That is not a mistake. We're recording this on Monday the 10th, I think it is. What's today's date, Pickle? You're off screen. The 7th. Thank you, Ashley Pickle. So the 7th, we are waiting on the final team from District 4. Uh, that game is being played Monday night. They, whoever enters that game, I think, in my opinion, the reason I'm comfortable doing this, I think they will enter as underdogs to Euless Trinity. Okay? So there's that. Let's talk about this. And that's where Allen lives. And they are the big looming giant in Region 1. I think that... Uh, potentially a Lake Highlands in the second round could be a little bit interesting for them. Up here, the Revs are back, but they got a tough matchup with El Paso Montwood in the first round, and then potentially with U.S. Trinity in the second round. U.S. Trinity Allen would be, I mean, you want to talk about big boy football, just people hitting each other. That would be a lot of fun to watch. They have a great history against one another. Down here, this bottom half of the bracket, a lot of eyes are going to be on South Lake Carroll. Quarterback Quinn Ewers has been fantastic. I have some questions about their defense, and that gives me a little bit of pause. Odessa Permian, I think, is a dangerous team from out west. Down here at the bottom half, keep an eye on Louisville. I love the way they play football. Their offense is a lot of fun to watch uh, with their quarterback, Green, who's been fantastic. Arlington Martin looms as well, and this is the time of year where Bob Wager turns it up a notch, and they are a team that wins on the margins, right? They play great defense, and their special teams are outstanding. If they can get that cooking, Martin is a very dangerous team at the bottom half of this bracket. Look, all roads have to go through Allen. I think they've earned that, but I think that there are enough teams here that could give them a challenge that if Allen slips, there's a lot of interesting teams that could come, come out of here. Let's go to Region 2. Region 2, again, there's one big looming threat, right? And that is the two-time runner-up in Duncanville. Duncanville is back. They have a first-round matchup with Colleen Harker Heights, uh, a second-round matchup potentially with, with Saxe or Dallas Skyline. 
But what, where things get interesting for them, I think, would be in, right here. Because you're talking about Spring Westfield, a team that has great pedigree, a team that this time of the year tends to play its best football. Klein Kane is very dangerous for a young squad. I think Jadon Blue, their running back, is capable of becoming a super-duper star in the playoffs. Bottom half of this bracket, let's talk about a potential second-round matchup between Rockwall and DeSoto. Now, Colleen Shoemaker is going to have something to say about that. Because Colleen Shoemaker, I think that Coach Toby Foreman's an unbelievable job with the Grey Wolves, and they ain't afraid of anybody. But DeSoto Rockwall in a second round matchup would be really, really interesting. You know, the Woodlands in spring, this is kind of a reversal of what we've seen in the past years. The Woodlands has entered as like the team to beat, while spring has been like the, 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 uh, the plucky underdog. Spring's really good, guys. Spring's really, really talented. This matchup in the first round, Klein Oak and Cy Ranch has my attention as well. It's going to be interesting. Look, again, a lot of eyes are going to be on Duncanville. I think they're the favorite out of Region 2. The past couple of years have shown that. But a potential really big matchup there in a regional semifinal, and then whoever they see in a final would be very, very dangerous. This is going to be fun as well. Let's go to Region 3. Region 3, and and, and we've talked for years and years and years about 6A Division 1, Region 3. 6A Division 1, Region 3, how much it is a murderer's row of teams. Part of it is because Katie's not here. Part of it is because of the dominance of one particular team. But I also, I think that when you take a look at Region 3, I think that it might be a little bit... I don't want to say weaker, I just want to say maybe not as ridiculously over-the-top incredible as it has been in past years. With that said, it is still the power nexus of 6A Division 1 Region 3, or 6A Division 1. This is the best region in the, in the bracket, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And the teams are you're used to hearing about, right? Cypher, uh, what they do, first-year coach Jeff Miller, they are running game and defense, and LJ Johnson is a star. They're going to be a problem. How about a second-round match with Katie Tompkins, Okay. How about LJ Johnson against Jalen Milrow? I am into that. This is a Tompkins team that can legit go all the way. I mean that very sincerely. I think that team is a super, super sleeper. If you are not paying attention to Tompkins just because they are a young program, you're missing out there. Very good team. Do I need to introduce them? Galena Park North Shore. They're two times defending 6A Division I state champs. They are rolling right now, and I think they're getting better each week. Early on, I thought that they had some, some things to iron out. Those things look like they're ironed out. They are a very dangerous team. I think Perlin Dawson and Dickinson is a really interesting first-round matchup. Bottom half of this bracket, a lot of this depends, right, on what you think of one team, and that's Fort Bend Ridgepoint. I think Fort Bend Ridgepoint is another team that is probably under people's radar right now. A very solid team, a team to keep an eye on. Clear Springs is another dangerous team. And then you've got teams that I think have had bouts of inconsistency, but if they turn it on at the right time, they're very capable of making a run. Most notably, you're talking about uh, uh, most notably you're talking about Pearland, right? And you're talking about Tascasita. Now they've got a very tough first round matchup against Pasadena Dobie. Dobie's serious business, so keep an eye on that. But these are two teams that just because they're lower seeded does not mean they're not dangerous. I think right here are probably two of the best first round matchups in the state of Texas. So look again. A favorite. I think they have to be a favorite. But when you look here, you look here, you look down here, especially with Ridgepoint or potentially the Task Cedar or Pearland if they get hot, or Clear Springs or Doby, plenty of landmines, okay? It is by no means fait accompli that North Shore's coming out. They're the favorite, to be clear. But I think this is a really interesting bracket once again. Let's go to Region 4. In Region 4, uh, I could try to sell you on one other thing, on something else. But you have Lake Travis here. And you have Westlake here, right? You have the, this is of course the 6A Division II state champions that because of the way that District 26 finished, they are bumped up to the Division I bracket. They are the favorite here at the bottom half of the bracket. Now, Smith Valley's hotter than a firecracker right now. 
Coach Larry Hill is doing an outstanding job there. That team coming off of a big-time win over Converse Judson. Can they get past a very difficult first-round matchup with San Antonio Reagan? The Rattlers playing fantastic football right now. Down here, down here, uh, you got a lot of Valley teams. Uh, I think Harlingen, Coach Manny Gomez, is doing an incredible job down there with the Cardinals. I think they're a dangerous squad to keep an eye on, but keep an eye on Laredo United as well. Top half of the bracket, who is the biggest challenger to Lake Travis? I think Round Rock in the first round is interesting. I think Lake Travis is going to be favored, but keep an eye on Round Rock. They'd see Civil O' Steel in the, in the second round in the playoffs, which would not be fun, but I think that Lake Travis is probably your favorite there. This is a really wide open part of the region, uh, part of the bracket, rather. I think any of these four teams can make it there. Plain and simple. I think between Harlan, Laredo United South, Mission, San Benito, it could be anybody making it to a regional semifinal. It's wide open. Look, again, the chalky pick is Lake Travis, Westlake. We'll finally get that battle of the lakes that we didn't get to get because of COVID-19 concerns in the regular season. Maybe we get that. But there's also, again, a lot of uh, cause, a lot of reasons to think that there could be some chaos here. And that is kind of, I think, the whole story behind 6A Division One. When you take a look here, there's chalky picks everywhere. Allen's the chalky pick in Region 1. Duncanville's a chalky pick in Region 2. North Shore's a chalky pick in Region 3. Lake Travis-Westlake is the chalky pick in Region 4. You could just say, let's fast forward to the semifinals. But there are enough teams, enough landmines here, that it's only going to take like two or three upsets. Okay? Not much. That is a razor-thin margin. It's only going to take a couple of things to go crazy town banana pants, for this whole bracket to go up in smoke. It could be wild. So, 6A Division 1, again, a lot of a lot of opportunity for chalk, but also a lot of opportunity for chaos. And no matter what happens, we're going to have you covered at texasfootball.com. There it is, Bracketology. 6A Division 1, the largest bracket of them all. You can find that at texasfootball.com. And, of course, find your brackets at texasfootball.com slash playoffs printable. We make printable brackets because we know people, even though you're watching this show on the internet, so you obviously have some sort of uh, internet uh, savvy, some mm -hmm. digital savvy. Um, we also know that there's a lot of people out there who just like to print off brackets. So. Oh, there's something, yeah, there's something classic, like mm -hmm. the feeling of, that's one I'm of those things that don't go away, you know. Doing your prediction? Yeah. TexasFootball.com slash playoffs for your brackets. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, so, our tally of people who commented on if 2020 went by quickly or slowly. Coming in with three, four votes is slowly. Mm -hmm. Coming in with 12 votes mm -hmm. quickly. So Most people agree. So, that's interesting because here on, on Twitter, I threw out a poll. 186 votes in. 186 votes. Slow, 52.7%. Fast, 47.3%. That's interesting. That's interesting. Hmm. I don't know. What is it about the people that watch this show that agreed with us? That they think it's fast? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't want to start assuming things, but I think obviously I made an opinion and the people agree. Just like with my free money picks, I'm gonna they just like take my advice. Oh, jeez. No, <laughs> I'm going to just say that I think the the wonderful idea that was trivia happy hour <laughs> helped push people along in 2020. Um, I think I also think that people who are frequent viewers of this show, mm -hmm. because this hits every day, there's yeah. and, and it feels like, I'm not saying our show is monotonous, but <laughs> that this, it hits certain beats. 
every uh, week? I guess also, too, we can think about it, and they are in the same boat as we are in. Of Once football started, it's really been a blur yes, because you're all football nerds like we are. That's so this is, they're this in is the a, same. That's a great point. Yeah. But this is a football, since this is a football, football show, show, people are thinking about football. And as a result, it does feel like it all goes. Yeah. Because, I mean, because, we're in week 16. Because weeks follow the same rhythm. Yeah. Too, generally. I mean, yes. There's been some changes this year. But in any case, okay. So there you go. I'll be interested to see how long is your pull up for 24 hours on Twitter. Okay. I'll report back tomorrow. I was going to say, let's, let's get that final thoughts report tomorrow. I will. We'll do that. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Camels. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Camels. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks to Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your player of the year trophy. Big show tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. No. Texas football today. Mm -hmm.